Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe and Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank. Thanks for joining me. Got a lot to get to today. And of course, the number one topic in both the NFL and regarding the Broncos, Aaron Rodgers, the reigning NFL MVP. That frosty relationship in Green Bay does not appear that it's thawing anytime soon. So as long as there's still a standoff, Broncos country can imagine there's still a chance for Denver to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Would this make sense? What would a hypothetical trade look like if you're the Broncos and you make that call? Also, later in the program, I talked to one of my favorite guys, Mike Pritchard, former star at CU, first round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, played for years in the NFL, did a lot of radio uh, in the Denver market. He's now working in Las Vegas for Brent Musburger's uh, site and also doing uh, Raiders radio. So I catch up with Mike and ask him because Aaron Rodgers, Preferred destinations, according to Pro Football Talk, would be San Francisco, which I think is unlikely because they're in the NFC, Las Vegas, and Denver. Not necessarily in that order. So I asked Mike what he thinks the Raiders might do in terms of a package for Aaron Rodgers. Would they move on from Derek Carr? Derek Carr, who's had a terrific career, has never won a playoff game. So something to think about. But of course, the number one issue right now for the Denver Broncos is, would you go all in for Aaron Rodgers? If they crowdsource this, I'm telling you, fans would run about 98, 99% for the Broncos to take this chance to go all in and acquire Aaron Rodgers. So many similarities to this and the Peyton Manning uh, life preserver that presented the Broncos back in 2012. Now, That Broncos team was a little better coming off that season. You had the Tim Tebow mania, uh, and Tebow had some just remarkable fourth quarter comebacks. As I've said with Tebow, and I was not covering the team then, it was much easier to appreciate Tim Tebow than explain him. It was magical the way he worked the end of games, but John Elway did not believe they could win in the playoffs or win a Super Bowl with a quarterback who was not a pocket passer. He lands Peyton Manning, one of the greatest free agent signings in NFL history, right along there with Drew Brees and Reggie White. And when Manning arrived, it changed the culture. It changed the expectations. It changed whether Denver was a preferred destination for free agents. Those are things you have to consider when you bring in a player of that caliber. And it certainly changes the profile. Because if Aaron Rodgers lands in Denver, the Broncos immediately become relevant as both an AFC West contender and a Super Bowl contender. It's not hard for me to imagine, frankly, that Aaron Rodgers could do for Denver what Tampa Bay did uh, for what Tom Brady did for Tampa Bay. And here's why. Part of the reason Tampa wanted Tom Brady, beyond the fact he's the greatest of all time, reduce turnovers. Jameis Whitson was in the 30 for 30 ESPN special with turnovers and touchdowns in his last year in Tampa. They had a very good defense, but you can't win in the NFL when your quarterback, and I think in Winston's case, was responsible for 36 turnovers. The Broncos last year had 32 turnovers, NFL worst. And when you look at one stat that can help you understand just the magnitude of how much Aaron Rodgers could improve the Broncos, Rodgers last year, 48 touchdowns. The Packers, 47 punts. 
The Broncos last year quarterbacks, 23 touchdowns. Denver had 65 punts. Think on that a minute. 65 punts, 23 touchdowns. Rodgers, 48 touchdown passes, 47 punts. I mean, the math tells you right there just how significant an upgrade a player of Aaron Rodgers' caliber would be. Now, he's 37. 20 years ago, that would be tremendous pause for not trading for a player. But in terms of the quarterback position in the current NFL, as Tom Brady has shown, as Peyton Manning to some degree showed, as Drew Brees showed, a quarterback can play well into the age of 40, if not past that, because of the way the quarterback is protected. You aren't seeing guys headhunting quarterbacks anymore. You, they can't hit them low. They can't hit them late. They can't hit them high. They can't hit them in the face. That allows a quarterback, especially one with Rodgers with some mobility, to play. For me, again, he's got at least probably two great years and three good years total in that. So that's why, for me, it'd be worth the risk. And if I am the Broncos, I'm going to tell you what I would do uh, if I'm able to get involved with those trade talks. But first... I want to tell you that this show is presented in part by Hoggett Injury Law. With us, it's personal. Speaking of personal, let me tell you about my friend Darby Hoggett. I've known Darby for years. Again, we first got introduced through travel baseball. Then eventually I started coaching his son. So we spent many a time on the diamond, not just talking baseball, but certainly talking Broncos. He's a huge Broncos fan. And again, we became friends over those conversations. With Darby, a lot of his clients have become his good friends. You don't even have to pay him up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give his team a call at 1-833-HOGGIT. That's 1-833-H-O-G-G-A-T-T. Or find out more by visiting their website at hoggetlaw.com. So welcome back. I am General Manager George Payton for this conversation. I'm nimble. I'm aggressive. All those things I said I would be when I was hired, that I would get involved in trade talks. So I'm going to call the Green Bay Packers. I've communicated through a third party, perhaps an agent, whatever, an intermediary to find out that yes, the Packers are relenting. They feel like they can't repair the relationship. It's irreconcilable differences. It's going to be the equivalent of a Hollywood divorce. And they're going to move on from him. So I'm calling. And when I call, I'm not letting him off the phone until I have a deal either in place or the parameters of a deal in place. And here's why. The Broncos are going through one of their worst stretches in franchise history. Some of these numbers, I apologize to Broncos country. They are sobering. The Broncos have tied for the third longest active playoff drought. They are the first NFL team in history to win a Super Bowl and miss the playoffs in the five seasons following it. It has been dreadful. They also are facing an opportunity here where they've missed the playoffs five seasons. The last time they missed the playoffs in six consecutive seasons, that was 1960 to 1976. 1960, their inception to 1976. That is is not a stat you want to be associated with if you're the current Denver Broncos. And they have a chance to go get Rodgers. Before, when we talk about these pipe dreams, you're like, nah, I don't know, or if it's Stafford, you like, but I understand that it's a measured approach with a guy like Matthew Stafford. Aaron Rodgers threw 48 touchdowns with five picks last year. 
He's the reigning MVP. There's no reason to think he won't be great for two years and then good at age 40. There's no reason to think he can't perform at a high level. And you have a team, again, its biggest issue is clear. Quarterback. ESPN recently had a ranking where they ranked Denver's defense first in value, position by position when ranking it. And then the aggregate of their quarterback room, 29th. And that's been the issue. They've had 10 starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired. They have trouble getting over the hump because even if your defense is good, it can't be great if you score 20 points a game because it doesn't allow you to get takeaways and it doesn't allow you to get sacks. At third and 12, when a team's leading by 10 midway through the third quarter, trust me, they're not putting their quarterback in harm's way. So if you have a quarterback who can play even or with a lead, that's when you see a good defense become great. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, what would a hypothetical trade look like? And I write about this on the denverchannel.com. But for me, here's where I would start. And these things can be fluid and there will be competition. Maybe Seattle, maybe the Raiders, um, maybe a team like San Francisco. Again, I just don't see the Packers if they relent and trade him, trading him to an NFC team that could knock him out of the playoffs. But that trade for me starts with two ones. So it'd be your number one in 2022, your number one in 2023. Then you're looking at a two, a second rounder in one of those years, see what the Packers preference would be. And you're going to have to involve a young player. I would think that's probably going to be Jerry Judy and then a quarterback. If they want someone to nurture uh, Jordan Love, then that quarterback would be Teddy Bridgewater. If they want two young guys competing for the job, then you include Drew Locke in the deal. Two NFC teams had interest in Locke this offseason. I was told by multiple sources that the Lions did, and then at one point the Panthers had some interest. I might have been tepid, but they had some interest. So Locke has some value, and certainly as part of a package, he could maybe you know have more value. But if the Packers want two ones, a two, Jerry Judy, Teddy Bridgewater, you pull that trigger. I mean, I don't think that there's any deal. There's really not a name, frankly, that's untouchable. Now, with the I saw a proposal that would Broncos would be asked to include Pat Sertan. That would hurt as the ninth overall pick. I know the Broncos would not be any hurry to do that. They also do not want to give up Bradley Chubb. They see Chubb as a future franchise cornerstone, long-term contract guy to go with the likes of Justin Simmons, and you've signed Garrett Bowles. Bradley Chubb is in that conversation, and Cortland Sutton will be too if he shows he's healthy. If they ask for Sutton, that's a tough one. But the reason I would consider any receiver in a deal with Rodgers, as was the case with Peyton Manning, they can take average receivers and make them great. And if you keep Tim Patrick, I don't know that he's average. I think he's above average. He's good. You don't necessarily have to have the best receivers if you have Aaron Rodgers. So if you include Judy, you still have Tim Patrick. You still have K.J. Hamler. You you still have uh, depth at that position with a Tyree Cleveland. Maybe Deshaun Hamilton in that scenario makes the team. But you would have enough options with a Fant, with a Sutton, and with a Tim Patrick alone. And then if you're able to figure out how to use your running backs out of the backfield with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams... Now you're looking at a situation where, frankly, you've got enough offensively. And that's what I think it would take is a couple of ones, a two, a young player, and a quarterback. The issue is Rodgers is 37, and this deal could drag out. 
the Packers, if they feel like they cannot fix this relationship, the most likely time it would become official would be post-June 1st designation. And that's because if traded before that, Rodgers would be a $38 million cap hit. If he's traded after that, you can spread that cap hit over two seasons. So $21 million this year and then 17 the next. That's more manageable. It stinks if you're the Packers. And any Broncos fan could tell you. Running out legacy quarterbacks is tough, and it's probably way harder than you imagine. They've had the benefit of going from Favre to Rodgers, not unlike uh, the Colts had Manning to Luck. The Broncos went from Peyton Manning to the carousel of 10 players. Only two have had a winning record since Manning retired. Trevor Simeon at 13-11 and and Brett Rippon at 1-0. The quarterback is the issue that hangs over the Broncos. And I think they were prepared to go all in on Deshaun Watson before his legal issues. If you have an opportunity to go in on Rodgers, I would do it. Again, you talk about trading all these draft picks for a young quarterback that's unproven. In the case of Rodgers, you're trading for certainty. You're trading for a guy who's coming off his best season. And the age, of course, it creates a bit of pause, but I didn't see anything from him that would make me think he's declining. He still has one of the best arms in the league. He still is mobile. He still is athletic. And he's a brainiac in terms of the way he understands football. So I would bring him in. And as they did with Manning, I would say, Aaron, what do you want? How do you want this offense to look? And will you start from there and work backward? It would be his offense, his comfort level, because he's a guy that can get you into the playoffs and perhaps a Super Bowl. And just think on this, and it's our final word on this before we go to my guest. If you're the Broncos and you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback with this defense, every game on your schedule, maybe you get five primetime games if the league, when the schedule comes out next week, decides that they think you're going to get Aaron Rodgers. But regardless, every team you face on your schedule, you feel like you would have a chance to beat, whether that's at Kansas City, whether that's at the Raiders, that's at the Chargers, You know, when you look in the AFC, the the best teams, you look at the Chiefs, the Browns, the Bills, are those teams better than the Broncos? They certainly are. But if you have Aaron Rodgers, you would feel going into the game, you would have a chance to win those games. And that has not been the case, frankly, especially on the road, since Peyton Manning retired. So we're going to continue some of this discussion on Aaron Rodgers, on where he might end up, what are the good fits, and I continue it with my man, Mike Pritchard. I went to class with Mike at the University of Colorado. I've known him since 1989, 1990. Pleasure watching him with the Buffs and also in his post-career in the media. So I have a chance to catch up with Mike Pritchard and ask him the questions of what it was like to play for CU. What was Brett Favre like when they were both on the Falcons? And also, would the Raiders or Broncos be the best fit for Aaron Rodgers? That's all coming up right after the break. My Believe in Broncos podcast is presented in part by Canaan Sunglasses. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan Sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with the Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and they have Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. I love the sound of that because I always scratch my lenses and I end up stepping on or forgetting my sunglasses. So use this exclusive code, KaneanCast15, K-A-E, 
N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's CanaanCast15. Canaan, clearly better. Welcome back to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7, and joined by a fellow CU buff, my man, Mike Pritchard. Mike, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Troy, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Not bad. It's been a crazy uh, five, six days here in Broncos country <laughs> with the That's draft it. and uh, the rumors of a certain quarterback perhaps preferring uh, Broncos as a destination, and we'll get into that. But First, I, I want to let people know, I've known Mike since college. Uh, I was at CU when Mike was starring at uh, running back and receiver. I'll never forget that game you had against Tennessee in California. When you look back, Mike, yeah. your favorite memories of CU, uh, what jumps to mind? I guess maybe the ring you probably have somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I wear that ring proudly, uh, Troy. Uh, yeah, you know, just the whole time, the whole experience. Um, I, when I went to CU and, and what I got out of CU was everything that I imagined. Uh, and that's magical, right? When you think about a 17-year-old kid coming from Las Vegas and going out to Colorado uh, and then bonding with players and teammates, they become your brothers uh, the experiences up there in Boulder uh, and Denver. Uh, Colorado is my second home. So I'm out there often, uh, all because of the University of Colorado, but certainly uh, Coach Mack, uh, the experiences that you shared as well when you were there. So uh, just a special, special place. But uh, I can't pick out one particular one. I, I think just the whole experience was, was awesome for me. Yeah. I mean, people just forget how great of a player you were. I mean, you you know, at a time when you had Eric Bieniemy, J.J. Flanagan, yeah. Darian Hagan, Michael Westbrook, Charles Johnson. I mean, there were guys on your third team, uh, like when Rashawn came up, Salam. I remember when he mm -hmm. came up and Lamont Warren left to go pro because guys on the second and third team were going to be winning jobs out. It was just a different time in Boulder. It reminds me of like when I watched Clemson and Ohio State now. Those practices had to be something. You got to think the Saturdays were easy after practice, they, weren't they? They were easy. Practice was the hardest part about being a buff um, because it was so competitive. And, and what people don't realize, I, I think, um, I don't know if we can do it today, but certainly my senior year, the year that we won the title, uh, we actually had three a days. Uh, so, uh, and, I, and I think we had three days because we wanted to throw the football more. So the first two practices were about the running game and about, you know, defense. And that's, that third practice was all about throwing the football. And so uh, that's when I moved out to wide receiver uh, and that definitely helped us that year as, as we were able to not only run the ball with Eric and, and him be a Heisman finalist, uh, but we were able to be explosive outside too offensively, and that was tough to stop. Well, we just had the draft, uh, and you were taken in the same draft, if memory serves, with Brett Favre. Correct. What do you mm -hmm. remember about your draft day experience, Mike, and what that was like getting the call? Because I think, I mean, it was almost, if not 10, certainly around double figures buffs drafted. Uh, those years. So it wasn't like a surprise. Yeah. What, what do you remember about your draft experience? Well, uh, everything. <laughs> so I was in Boulder. Um, I wasn't at home or anything like that. I was still in Boulder. I was at uh, uh, Creekside Apartments over there off of Arapaho. You remember those? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. So uh, I had woken up late, Troy, because back then the draft was 15 minutes uh, per picks in the first round. And I woke up and remember the Denver Broncos had number four. And we all thought Alfred was going to get drafted. Alfred Williams was going to get drafted to the Broncos number four. And so when I woke up, I came running out of my room. I'm like, did Al go? Did Al go? I was saying that to my roommate, Rico Smith at the time. And, and he's like, no, they drafted Mike Kroll. I was like, no. <laughs> um, 
So I'm in, I'm in my PJs um, and it's around pick nine and it was the Detroit Lions and I think they went Herman Moore. And then my phone started ringing. And at first I'm thinking people are pranking me, but it was NFL teams and they were talking about drafting me 13th overall. And uh, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I didn't have a call waiting at the time. So every time I hung up the phone, Troy, the phone would ring and people were like, I'm trying to get to touch with you. We're trying to reach you. I'm like, I don't have a call waiting. Where was so, your agent? Why isn't your agent sitting next to you? <laughs> well, Jack, Jack is my agent, Jack yeah. Mills. And, and we didn't know, we thought second round. So right. uh, Jack, he finally got through uh, one of the calls. Right. And he mentioned, yeah, you're in play right now. Uh, they go pretty high up in a draft. So just make sure you stick next to your phone. And I'm like, Jack, I'm in my pajamas still. He's like, don't matter. Don't leave that phone. I'm like, okay. So I'm standing there in my pajamas, Troy, in the middle of, uh, of uh, my apartment there in, in, in Creekside. And uh, lo and behold, the Falcons call at 13 and they draft us. And, and so my life completely changed right then and there. Yeah, now every time that draft comes up, all people want to talk about are Brett Favre's jorts that he was wearing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that right. What do you remember from Brett when you were around there? I mean, obviously it didn't work out in Atlanta. But was there yeah. signs like, man, this guy can throw? Was there any feeling among you guys like this guy's got a chance to be special? Or was like, man, we just don't know anything about it? You know what? Um, we did have indicators. I mean, we when we got to camp, Brett had that arm. Uh, he had that confidence. Uh, and Brett was stubborn. Brett, um, what I remember mostly about Brett that rookie year is, you know, he was inactive at times, but then he was active. But people got to remember uh, the Falcons had a Pro Bowl quarterback in Chris Miller uh, that Coach Glanville was excited about. But that we had five preseason games that year, Troy. And Brett and myself, we started the first one against the Rams. Uh, and Brett threw me three touchdown passes in that preseason game. And, and he was spectacular. Uh, and so Glanville had to answer questions. What are you going to do with quarterback? What are you going to do? And he's like, well, we drafted Pritchard because we thought he was going to be explosive, which, you know, you guys saw that. He's going to help us this year. Uh, and then Glanville, he was not committed to, to Brett Favre. He was committed to Chris Miller. But I think what helped Brett was his stubbornness because he would tell us during the course of the year, he was going to be the best quarterback that's ever played this game. And they're like, Brett, you're not even active. He's like, I'm still, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm going to be the best quarterback this game has ever seen. And so uh, that determination uh, led Brett to the, Hall, to the Hall of Fame, obviously. Where, now, your time with Atlanta, did you cross with, you, with Deion Sanders, a teammate at some point there? The, did you see MC Hammer on the sidelines? <laughs> Where was I your uh, intersection and all that? What was that experience like? Right in the middle of it, Troy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dion picked me up. Um, uh, once I arrived in Atlanta, he took me around downtown and showed me around Atlanta. He just welcomed me because I was first rounder, um, which I'll never forget. Uh, and certainly all three years I was there, I played. He was my teammate. Uh, now, the MC Hammer thing came about because of Hotlanta. So right. back at that time, you had the Braves, Troy, going to the playoffs. You know, the Glavin, Smoltz, Avery, yeah, Maddox came aboard uh, uh, a couple of years after that. Uh, then you had the Hawks with Dominique Wilkins and uh, just a loaded team basketball-wise. And then you had us, the Falcons, going to the playoffs. So uh, Atlanta became hot Atlanta, and all the celebrities wanted to be there, including MC Hammer. <laughs> that is so fantastic. Well, Mike, yeah. you, you've been on the radio. You've had a successful radio career. You were in Denver. Now you're in Vegas doing mm -hmm. radio. 
So that's part of the reason selfishly I wanted you on the show is get your view on the AFC West. And I mean, first I want to just jump right into it. Aaron Rodgers is the story in the NFL right now because he appears, you know, he's clearly disgruntled and whether this relationship can be repaired, we don't know. I mean, they're in a still, they're in a standoff right now and it doesn't seem like it's fixable teams that pro football talk listed as his preferred destinations were San Francisco, Las Mm -hmm. Vegas, Denver. I don't personally think they would trade him in the NFC just because they could get knocked out by him. Las Vegas, would would you see John Gruden knowing his infatuation with always the next quarterback kind of in his life? He had his own quarterback camp. What would the Raiders do to try to get uh, Aaron Rodgers? Do you believe they would be all in if he becomes available? Um, You know what, Troy? I I think they might be. Uh, And here's why. Uh, Derek Carr, the current quarterback, who's been – who's been great, uh, but he hasn't won a playoff game. He's going into year eight. Uh, And so there's a lot riding on this for Derek Carr. He has zero guaranteed money left on his contract. Uh, So a lot of people are looking at that. In fact, on the radio, we were talking about whether or not the Raiders would extend Derek Carr, and they chose not to. I mean, they still can, uh, but they chose not to. So I I think from, from the most part, too, around all the Raider, the prominent Raider players on the roster, they're in one or two year contract situations and so you can come you can see the Raiders blowing this thing up uh, if they don't make the playoffs next year or this coming season 2021 season so I do think uh, if there's a possibility that the Raiders could be uh, or could entertain a a chance to trade for Aaron Rodgers if they thought that that would probably set the direction that they need to go on coach Gruden is going in year four of a 10-year contract and so um, I, I think if he's going to get into those important years of that contract and, and which the results are going to have to be the playoffs, I think he'd probably like to do it with Aaron Rodgers if he can pull it off. And I'll ask just, you don't make these decisions, but they've made a lot of changes on their offensive line. Would right, they right. be a fit in that regard? I mean, Rodgers makes any receiving group better. People talk about yeah. he needs this guy or that guy. I mean, the reality is like Peyton Manning's and Tom Brady's, they don't necessarily need all pro pro bowl receivers to succeed. Mm-hmm. It helps, but their line has gone through turmoil. Where does it stand with their line? Would that be a concern? It, you know, if you're putting your Aaron Rodgers cap on of, man, who's going to be blocking for me at age 37? Yeah, I think it is a concern. Now, they did draft uh, Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Uh, they're excited about a young guy, um, Andre James. He's going to be the center. Um, and then they have Colton Miller, who they just extended at the other left tackle. So, I think they feel pretty good about their offensive line. They had a pro bowl running back in Josh Jacobs last year. Um, uh, and they have coach cable kind of like Mike Munchak out there in Denver. So you have a legendary offensive line coach out here. Uh, and knowing if you go out and get the Rogers, you're going to do whatever it takes. You know, it's, it's like when Peyton Manning got to Denver, you know, the Broncos did whatever it took in terms of the no fly zone or, or getting a key to leave and getting all these uh, spectacular players, Marcus Ware. I mean, uh, getting these guys because that Super Bowl window is open. Uh, and so uh, even though the Raiders don't appear to be one of those top teams in which the Super Bowl window would be open, I think if they landed Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that, then absolutely they would do everything it took uh, to make sure they surrounded him properly. Well, let's go to Denver now because you I know you still follow the Broncos and you've yeah. known the team well the last few years working radio here in the market. Did the Broncos become a Super Bowl contender if they get Aaron Rodgers, given their defense, and what would you be all in if you're the Broncos to try to get Rodgers 
having watched a similar scenario play out with Peyton Manning? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think if you're the Broncos, uh, you haven't been able to solve that problem since uh, Peyton Manning retired in terms of the quarterback position. Um, and if you look at that roster, they are pretty set. I think a, a couple of pieces on defense that came about, uh, we'll see about Vaughn Miller. Um, but offensively, I, I think with the right quarterback, that could be one of the better offenses in the National Football League. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're Denver, you probably try to do everything possible to get Aaron Rodgers on that roster right now. And let me ask you this, because you watch the AFC West closely. Mm-hmm. Can you be a playoff team, Pritch, if it's Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and then Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. It feels like the Sesame Street thing where three basketballs and a football, one of these doesn't belong. Can you be a playoff team if you have the worst quarterback in your division? I I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think, um, you know, and and this is no knock on anybody, but Drew Locke Locke was an entitled player when he first got to Denver, and I think that's carried over. Um, Bridgewater, uh, I think, has hit his limitations, and so – even with all the, the raw young talent that the Broncos have right now, they still don't have that guy at quarterback. And uh, I, I think they're not going to take the strides that Broncos country is accustomed to unless they had that quarterback. Uh, so until that happens, I, you know, quarterback competitions to Troy, they, they never pan out. They never really work. <laughs> you got a divided locker room guys. People are going to choose, pick and choose who they want to be quarterbacks. So uh, if you don't have a quarterback, if you have a competition, then you have a problem. Yeah, it's one of those. If you have two, you don't have one. Have you right. lived that with a quarterback position as a player? Did you go through that? It just we watched it with Paxton and Trevor, and it yeah. you know, it didn't it didn't end well. I mean, Trevor actually he's one of two of the ten who've started since Manning <laughs> that has a winning record at thirteen and eleven, and the others Brett Rippon at one and zero. But mm-hmm. in your view, quarterback competition just doesn't typically work out because of what it does inside the locker room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go back to the Brett Favre question. Um, Brett Favre was better than Chris Miller, but you couldn't have that controversy. Mm-hmm. And so Glenville and, you know, they traded him yeah. as opposed to saying, Hey, look, Brett Favre should be the quarterback of the future here in Atlanta, but yet they wanted to have their guy. And, uh, and at the time, Chris Miller was their guy. And, and it, you know, what's crazy about that Troy, as soon as they traded Chris Miller, we had uh, Billy Joe Tolliver. Then we had Bobby Abier, Then we had Wade Wilson. I mean, we just had a string of quarterbacks and the Falcons were never the same, you know, even Jeff George. Uh, and so uh, the Falcons, that organization went through a, a number of quarterbacks until, you know, they finally get like a guy like Matt Ryan or somebody like that. That's what I say, too. Like with Rodgers, even though he's 37 in the modern NFL, there's no reason to think the way they protect the quarterback that he can't play well in right. the age 40. I think he's got at least mm. more great year, a good year, and he could be functional at 40 given the fact that you really can't hit the quarterback in the modern NFL. It's not like right. when you played where guys were in danger, you know, every Sunday. I, I just don't see that really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're You're hundred percent right. I mean, uh, I think when John Elway retired, uh, you know, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls, And if you talk to some of the Broncos, which I have, uh, they thought they could repeat if John yeah. would have came back, you know, and, and, but John just couldn't do it anymore. His body had enough. I mean, mentally he could probably still play it, but you know, just a preparation or to get his body ready to play again for another year. He just didn't feel like he could do it. If John Elway was playing now, ab- absolutely. John could probably play until his, until he was 40 or right. into his forties. So 
Uh, you're right. I think Aaron Rodgers probably feels like he has at least another three or four years left. So let people know where are you on at? Where can they hear you preach uh, in Vegas? I mean, because obviously you're on the you know this world this internet thing we love. Uh, where where can people hear you? What station are you on daily? Well, I'm on in the morning, uh, Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Um, uh, it's um, we're, we have an app, lvsportsnetwork.com, uh, or you certainly the TuneIn app. Um, you can also see me on vcenlive.com, which um, that's Brent Musburger's uh, gambling uh, network, Vegas Sports Information Network. Uh, so I'm doing a national show there, uh, Troy, that's and that's been that's fun. fun. I mean, that's yeah, it's been it's, um, it's on from 12 to 2 Pacific. Uh, we had you on and you knocked it out the park. Uh, <laughs> we got to have you back on, by the way. But uh, yeah, everybody's been raving about the show, about the network. So uh, mostly um, you can you can probably see me there. Uh, beastandlive.com uh, yeah and that's that's on the website there yeah i've heard nothing but great things yeah. about that and brent and what he's doing so how is vegas yeah. now I, I was in vegas for the broncos raiders game because i wanted to see mm -hmm. that stadium which to me is the best now minnesota yeah. was and now that that stadium to me is the is now the prototype for stadiums i don't know how you feel and how do you i mean have you have you been able to go to a game there yet or you just seen it from the outside they let you in yeah, we've been in there. We got the tour. Um, I saw one game there, and then I, I saw some college games there. UNLV football was playing in there. Um, but, I, you know, Vegas is opening back up. Uh, the governor mandate, I think we're at 50, maybe 80% capacity. Uh, come June 1st, uh, I think okay. we're going to be 100% capacity. Uh, so certainly everybody who's getting vaccinated, uh, everybody's kind of feeling more and more comfortable about that choice. So uh, Vegas is opening up and, you know, if you hear from these hotels, the way that they're talking right now, uh, bookings are up and, and everybody's excited about the future. That's great. I mean, I felt safe when I was out there in November around the casinos, mm -hmm. the strip. I, yeah. The airport was a little dicey. Uh, the gate <laughs> waiting to board a flight on a Sunday night is never a great thing out of Vegas. Right. People are mad. <laughs> and yep, that's right. Usually not completely sober. So the mask, <laughs> yeah. mask thing was very questionable. This was, again, in November, but uh, I've heard nothing but great things. I, I'm planning on scooting out there this summer if I can. At yeah. some, uh, well, I hope you do. I mean, look me up uh, when you're out here. I'd love to see you and um, catch up. Yeah, absolutely, Pritch. Again, Mike Pritchard, my guest. I've known Mike since he was a star at C uh, University of Colorado in Boulder, helped lead them to a, a national championship, had a terrific career in the NFL, Falcons, Broncos, now does wonderful work, as he said, on Vegas in radio and Brett Musburger's uh, network. And it's pronounced Vissin, correct? Vissin, uh, yeah, V-S-I-N.com, yeah. Yeah, so or check Vissin, out. Yeah. Yeah, check out Mike there. I consider him a friend. I, I, anytime I've co-hosted with him on the fan, it was just uh, made that day just fantastic. So, yeah. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me. If I can ever help you out on the other end and and appear and you get desperate for a guest, uh, certainly <laughs> I'd love to go on. It feels like our lives are going to be intertwined here a little bit with this Aaron Rodgers drama over the next month. Yeah, I think we're going to trade notes here on this one, Troy. This is going to be spectacular. The next couple of weeks, uh, because that June 1 date uh, in which uh, you see the Green Bay Packers, they get some relief on their cap if they do move Aaron Rodgers. So uh, buckle up. Uh, always great to catch up with you, my friend. All right. Take care, Mike. I appreciate it, my man. You too. Take care. Thanks for joining me on the Believe in Broncos podcast. Again, I'm your host, Troy Rink. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Again, I can't thank you all enough for the support. If you have questions, you can reach me on Twitter 
at Troy Rink, T-R-O-Y-R-E-N-C-K. Thanks to my guest, Mike Pritchard. Love talking Aaron Rodgers. This topic is not going away anytime soon. I want to thank my sponsors, Hoggett Law and Canaan Sunglasses. And I will have another pod soon next week as the drama continues to surround the Broncos. Will they make a play for veteran superstar quarterback Aaron Rodgers? I do this podcast for you. Happiness, that begins with me. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.